Welcome to One to One, the conversational marketing podcast dedicated to helping modern marketing teams succeed in a messaging first and privacy first world. In each episode, we'll interview a marketer who is winning with conversational marketing to distill best practices, lessons learned, and actionable takeaways. Here's your host, Benji Baer, VP of Marketing at Spectrum. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to One to One, the conversational marketing podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Cecile Moser, Head of Marketing and Communication at Gelmoli, a premium department store in Zurich. Cecile, thanks for joining the podcast today and thanks so much for chatting with me. Hi, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's been quite a long time since I've been to Zurich, but I remember Bahnhofstrasse and I'm pretty sure I've probably walked by (laughs) Gelmoli, but it has been a while. Um, So really looking forward to hearing more about the brand, your current challenges, and also how you've kind of transformed into a, an e-commerce powerhouse. So, you know, I think before we get started, why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you ended up at your current role in Gelmoni? Yeah, sure. Of course I can. Well, I didn't study marketing or communications. I studied uh, German studies and cultural studies uh, here at the university and, and also in Berlin. And then I started to work in journalism. I went to PR agencies. I switched to PR, started at PR agencies, and then uh, started to work in companies in the role as a PR manager, also internationally. Yeah, and then uh, I came to Yelmoli, the department store here in the heart of Zurich. Yeah, and after a year, I was able to take over this role as head of marketing and communications, which I'm doing now for two years. We are a team of 13 people and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's never boring. We have a lot of interesting uh, projects and topics and uh, yeah, happy to tell you more about it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I have to apologize already for having mispronounced Yelmoli. As, as <laughs> no worries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a good place to start. Yeah, that's, I guess like most people in marketing that I've met, not always necessarily studying marketing, but we fall into it. Somehow, you know, creative people, analytical people love to come into marketing when it comes to their careers. So it's not an uncommon career path. You know, I think before we talk about Yalmoni and some of the things that you're doing there specifically, I'd love to hear how you're thinking about consumer marketing today and kind of what the state of digital marketing is in general. Yeah, I think it's uh, very interesting and uh, it's, of course, also changing a lot, especially when it comes to digital marketing and all the channels. Almost every week you hear about new channels and, of course, then you need to evaluate if it's important for your business and which channels you use, how, with which content. And yeah, of course, for us, uh, digital marketing is, is very important and is, of course, also becoming more and more important especially the whole social media channels, but of course, also the classical digital marketing with ads and everything, campaigns. Yeah, and also a very important tool for us is also newsletters, of course, with our CRM uh, database, where we can select the exact right clients uh, for the different topics. But yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, of course, we have the whole digital business and we we are growing a lot in in e-commerce and the whole omnichannel strategy is very important. But still, our core business is here, our big department store at Bahnhofstrasse, 24,000 square meters. 
is a huge space and also uh, nice to have all, that much space here at this very prime street where we are located. So for us, digital marketing and digital channels are important, but we also invest a lot still in live marketing, events, face-to-face -face interaction. I think this is also as important as uh, digital marketing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense with such a strong prime retail location right downtown Zurich that that would also continue to be a priority. And that's also your heritage as a retail brand. Can you talk me through and the listeners a little bit how you balance those things? You know, you, you mentioned having digital channels, but you also focus on live events on the store itself when it comes to making your plans or, you know, how you think about long term. How do you balance that? Yeah, I mean, we have, how you call it, a 360 degrees communication planning far in advance. We like planning three different seasons that comes from the retail business. We plan in the spring, summer season, fall, winter and Christmas is like separately because it's so important uh, for us. And then we plan almost one year in advance. The marketing plan, yeah, is made almost one year or at least 10 months, I would say, in advance. And then we plan everything. And of course, it depends a bit on the topics you have. If it's a campaign topic uh, or you plan an awareness campaign on something or if, for example, for us, what is important if we, you know, we have a lot of rebuilding also. We rebuild a lot of spaces because you need to get like the new retail trends and everything. Or last year, we opened uh, an area, it's called Spotlight, with mm -hmm. like the hottest streetwear brands for like very younger generations and clients and then of course you do you plan a big opening party for this department so yeah it depends also a bit what is happening here in the house and yeah then we plan the different activities and of course you also try to link them then on the different channels that the topic is all over yeah i think that's how the planning goes. And then, of course, we are working very closely together with the buying team and the visual merchandising team. These are the, the closest teams we work with. And um, yeah, plan the activities. Nice. Yeah, thank you for that overview. I think it's always helpful for our listeners as well to hear about that planning cycle. I think also you mentioned testing different channels, you know, staying on top of trends in digital channels as well. I imagine sometimes that can be challenging when all of your planning cycles are one year in advance to stay agile. And you also mentioned email as something and kind of CRM, you know, retention, nurturing your existing customer base as being a very important channel for you. Can you walk me through maybe the mix of channels that you are using and which ones you're seeing work best right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I think when it comes to social media, the channels that work for us best are right now Instagram and LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I think, is on two sides. Very interesting. One side is, of course, the whole employer branding, which is becoming more and more important. Also, uh, yeah, when it comes to the Gen Z and all these needs, I think, uh, yeah, employer branding is very important. And then, of course, on the other hand, people who are active on that platform, on LinkedIn, they mostly have a higher education level. They have good jobs. They're spending more money on shopping and stuff like that. And as you said in the beginning, we are in the premium section. So people need to have a bit of a, of a buying power. And therefore, LinkedIn is also a very interesting channel for us. We started also last year with TikTok for the whole younger generations, Gen Z topic, and also this spotlight area. But 
Also in general, I think uh, what we see is that the younger generations, the Gen Z, of course, they are digital natives and they also do a lot of online shopping, but they also do this kind of group shopping. You see, for example, on Wednesday afternoon, that the school is off here in Switzerland. It's like mm. almost in all the areas. And then you really have these groups of young people here at Yelmoli shopping together or at least trying on the products and uh, yeah they're also very affine or uh, yeah they really are into these labels and brands I think even more than maybe millennials or, or our generation so yeah we started with TikTok as a new channel and it went yeah it, it is going very well of course also the the whole newsletter we still also have a print magazine that comes out twice a year it's also running very good we also of course have a lot of interaction. We have over a thousand brands and a lot of brands, they book like different activations here at Yilmoli. They, yeah, you have an annual budget then and then you plan the different activations on the different channels. You try to figure out, of course, a good mix. What we don't use right now, or yeah, I think also not in the in the near future, is Twitter or Snapchat. Twitter in general is not that big in Switzerland, maybe when it comes to topics like politics or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's, yeah, it's not a channel that we use right now. Thank you for that overview. I think there's some very interesting things we can dive into there. I'm surprised to hear you say LinkedIn. I don't hear so many retail brands mention LinkedIn as a channel that works well for them. But the context that you provided, I think, gives a good reason as to why that works, right? Going after the the higher purchase power consumers that are potentially a bit better educated are more active in those spaces. So I think... Yeah, interesting. I'd love to hear a bit more what type of marketing you actually do on LinkedIn, because I think it's an interesting way to integrate into a feed. I know you mentioned employer branding as a big one, but on the actual brand marketing side or on the, you know, selling the products that you have in store, I'd love to hear more about that. And then also very interesting how you talked about Gen Z and wanting to come shop in store, like in retail. And have you used that? Have you used TikTok as an activation channel to also try to bring foot traffic into the store or is it more like a pure e-commerce play for you and apologies for the baby in the background (laughs) (laughs) yeah no actually we also use tiktok to bring them to the store we had the actual campaign together with adidas we tried it out with a very very famous tiktoker here from switzerland and uh, yeah it went very well but of course we i mean also our marketing team in general we are 30 plus so we we realized the TikTok channel with our it's not the trainees it's the I don't know in Switzerland if you learn a job it's like yeah you get like an apprenticeship kind of yeah exactly yeah, yeah before you do a, a trainee uh, mm-hmm. position and we do it together with them because they have the age and are the the target group and for them it's also a very nice interaction nice to yeah to be part of this channel and because I think. When it comes to TikTok, it's even more than on the other channels. You need to exactly use the right music, the right, you know, all these details. And if you're not into that coding, or let's call it like that, then the content doesn't work. Um, it's, yeah, very, very interesting, but very specific. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. So it's more that you're creating content through those apprenticeship programs, through those young people that are kind of posting that. Do you work with influencers on TikTok or is it more coming directly from the Yelmoli brand on TikTok? That's how you're you're engaging a lot of people. So far, we mostly do on our Yelmoli channel, like mm-hmm. uh, content, um, but we also tried it out uh, with influencers and it also worked very well. 
the prices are quite high <laughs> from yeah. the TikTokers, I must say. So, and we are still in the beginning there. We do it now a bit more than one year. So we still try to find out what works good. And yeah, so far we haven't done that many influencer corporations on TikTok, but of course it's also getting more. Or as I mentioned, the example with Adidas was very nice because they can trust and said, oh, we have this idea. Therefore, we are also very open if brands have uh, good ideas, of course. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Can we maybe jump back to the the LinkedIn, given that that's such a <laughs> such a unique thing, at least in, in my experience, for kind of a premium retail brand uh, to be advertising there? Can you tell me and our listeners a little bit about your strategy there and what you've seen work well? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're not like having a super special strategy for the channel. We just try to communicate all our topics we have coming from our marketing plan or, for example, if you have interesting interviews or stuff like that in the media, like interesting uh, PR stories or stuff, clippings, we try to share it there. And of course, we also try to use these general rules that you mark maybe your partners and then you comment on the postings and everything so you get more reach and more people see your postings. Yeah, I think, yeah, we just try to use it as a normal communication channel when it comes to our topics. And it can be, of course, like a more serious topic. Oh, we refurnished or rebuilt the whole women's department. Uh, we had a big opening party here. We have some pictures or, or images from the new department. Or then sometimes it's something more, you know, from the back office. For mm-hmm. example, we were like collecting clothes from our warehouse. And we sent it to the Ukraine, to people from there. And then we did, for example, a posting like about these interactions. I think it can have different backgrounds. And of course, what is always performing best is when you see people or people from Yelmoli. We also have sometimes mm-hmm. we do interview with stuff from Yelmoli. Yeah, I think if you have faces and the direct link to the company is still the best performing things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very much a almost behind the scenes, making the Yelmoli brand more more personal, more accessible uh, to yeah, people exactly. on the platform. Yeah, okay, that makes that makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, every brand these days, you know, we touched a little bit on the personal side, people are trying to, to personalize their marketing for customers uh, more and more. Uh, obviously, a big challenge at scale. And I think at the, the scale that you're talking about with Yelmoli, there's one main store, but you're also operating an e-commerce store. Can you walk us through a little bit how you're currently connecting with customers and how you personalize at scale? Yeah, we have, uh, I must say, honestly, we were a bit (laughs) um, late when it comes to this whole e-commerce business. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we built the online store now two years ago and now it's getting better and better and uh, the performance is growing, of course. Yeah, of course, this we have a lot of competitors already, so it's also a very difficult field, um, of mm-hmm. course. But yeah, as you say, I mean, nowadays it's a must and we clearly have a very connected omni-channel strategy. So we try to link all the channels. We also try to get like features also in the online store or of course you can something like reserve online and then pick it up in the store if you prefer it like that. Yeah, I think like the, the general yeah, gadgets, gadgets and services you have and it when it comes to e-commerce. And yeah, the online store is, is growing and growing. And uh, yeah, of course, it, it's also a lot of uh, communication between the, the different teams here. Yeah, so that we have the, the same products in the store and in the e-store. And then 
also post the right thing on Instagram that all is linked and available at the same point of time. But yeah, we're very happy and it's getting better and better. Yeah, yeah my next question was going to be obviously the skills are maybe a little bit different, like digital marketing versus in-store experiential retail marketing. How does that work for your team? Do you have specialists on the e-com side? Do you have people that are purely in retail? Is there cooperation? You know, how do you collaborate between the teams? Can you walk a little bit through like the team structure and how that works for you? Yeah, sure. I must say the whole e-commerce part is not located by me and my team. It's a different mm-hmm. team. It's the whole uh, e-commerce and data analytics team, but we also sit right next to each other. <laughs> here is the marketing team and here's the e-com team. And we work, of course, very, very closely together. We have almost daily meetings. We have once a week, we have a, like a big planning meeting where we plan all the content, all the newsletters, social media postings. And as I mentioned, that all the products are also available then and online. Uh, yeah, it needs a, a lot of communication. It's a lot of fun also to work as close together with them. There's also one person in the e-commerce team that is really specialized into digital marketing. If you plan awareness campaigns, for example, it's together our people from the marketing team who are responsible for that together with them from the e-commerce. And yeah, we try to include all the people that are needed to get the best result and be as less hierarchic as Mm -hmm. necessary, of course. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So the decision to split e-commerce kind of and build that out separately as a function or a business unit within the team. But you obviously work very, very closely with them. So even like a digital marketing campaign execution, you would guide that as being kind of the marketing department, but the actual execution would sit with your specialists in the e-commerce kind of unit. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And of course, also this person is working very closely together with our social media, the social media person or responsible person is uh, located in the marketing and then they work very closely together so yeah nice yeah thank you for the overview it's always helpful it's very interesting to see how different businesses structure that especially someone like Yemuli who's coming more from the traditional retail space and going into e-commerce I think the the methods for how businesses try to drive that digital transformation can be quite different so it's it's always interesting to hear how that's being done I think going back a little bit you had mentioned email and kind of CRM activation. Can you walk through a little bit, maybe on that side, what you're currently doing to connect one-to-one with customers or when you're doing uh, those types of activations? What are the kind of tactics that you're using? Yeah, I mean, we have very, very a lot of topics and uh, content. We have our own topics and campaigns. And as I mentioned, also a lot of bookings from the brand. So it's always very challenging to like include all the stuff together and, and focus on the right things. And so for this part, we work very, very closely with the CRM team because as you know, you cannot like send out six newsletters per week to like all the CRM dot the bank. Then afterwards, you don't have any contacts anymore. <laughs> and they all uh, disconnect from the newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we try to really find the right target group for each topic. Um, yeah try to make different selections for each topics and also when it's an event of course you have a loyalty program with like you have three different scales uh, depends on how much you are spending here mm-hmm. at the and then of course we have our royal clients and they are 
like treated, of course, very, very special. So when we, for example, tonight we have a, a very nice event here with a famous cook from Switzerland, uh, Andreas Caminada. He's one of the best cooks in the world. And he's here today and uh, cooking with his crew. And so, of course, for example, for an event like that, we are very selective when it comes to the invitations. It's for the royal clients and for the, the clients that spend a lot of money in the food market, in the food department. We also have a big food department here. And then we try to always find the, the right selection and uh, target group. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that, I'm sure that's going to be a great event. So uh, <laughs> but there is... So you, you really do the segmentation in your CRM based on kind of the customer lifetime value uh, that you've calculated and then you have this royal tier. Yeah, interesting to see how you then, so do you use digital channels like email to then activate those customers to come in to like this event with the cook, for example? Are you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. We, we also used to do a lot of like printed invitations, but we almost don't do it anymore because uh, yeah, it's not that efficient and yeah, it also works very well now with the email uh, version, with the email invitation, also with the with the royal clients. So we yeah, almost only do it digitally through email. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's also we've seen that as well with customers at, at Spectrum who have the you know big retail stores used to do a lot of flyer campaigns mm-hmm. uh, and they're now switching to digital flyers and running those kind of flyer campaigns through things like Messenger or Instagram. It's very interesting to hear you yeah, talk about the efficiency of that because we've seen the same thing that customers are not finding it so efficient and it's also very difficult to track the efficiency. You know, you don't really understand engagement either. And I think so the market is also uh, shifting in that direction. But yeah, thank you for the overview. I think just Obviously, many, many brands will tier their customers like that, but it's always nice to see specific examples of things like your royal customer tier, which are your most valued kind of high value customers. And then the types of the things that you roll out to make them feel special, right? To make them feel a lot of affinity with Yelmoni. You know, I'd love to maybe take a step back a little bit. I Thanks a lot for going through specific things at Yelmoni. I think if we're taking a step back and looking at the market, Kind of, what do you think is, are some of the most exciting things that are happening in consumer marketing at the moment? Yeah, I think what was very present this year here for us are like two very interesting topics. I think one was the metaverse. Um, we entered the metaverse in June with a project together with STEF, it's like the Swiss Textile Institute, and with SIEM, it's a Shen C agency. That became very, very huge now here in Switzerland. They do a lot of consulting uh, in this area. Yeah, and this topic, I mean, it's all over. And then we had several like interactions with the topic and the idea came up to maybe just try it out. I think this is a field where you really need to make your own experiences. And that was also the goal we wanted to reach or like what we wanted to uh, target with this project. Yeah, it was very interesting. And then, of course, we got several other requests. We had, of course, a lot of PR. And yeah, you can imagine with, with these topics. And now we even have a, a second metaverse topic together with Metablox. It's like the first Swiss uh, metaverse. And there we are going to build next year, like the Yelmoli store of the future, where it will be, yeah. It will be interesting how it will look and uh, what uh, what will be in this Yelmoli because the idea is not just like to rebuild what we have here. We really want to yeah build like the Yelmoli of the future. And right now mm-hmm. we are in that phase where we are interacting with the Gen Z, like these younger generations, and we want to 
ask them what needs the Yelmoli of the future uh, in the mm-hmm. metaverse, and we will try to reach them through different channels, Instagram, but also maybe TikTok and newsletter, and try to find out. Uh, they can like send us their ideas, and then we will evaluate what we can use and what is maybe uh, too complicated. I think that was one topic. And of course, it's also a new channel for us to like sell stuff, products there. We have brands here as Adidas or Puma. They are already very, very far when it comes to that uh, topic. And so for us, it was also important to be like the first mover. And uh, we're becoming 190 years old next year. So like this pioneer spirit is uh, yeah in our DNA. And we also wanted to move on like that when it comes to the metaverse. The other topic, I think, is the whole sustainability strategy, because nowadays almost every company needs to have one and needs to communicate this strategy. And uh, we started with it like one and a half years ago. And last year, we like really made it part of our whole company strategy. And I think when it comes to this topic, credibility is everything. And so it's very important that these departments work very closely and good together then with the marketing that you can communicate these topics in the right way that you get the credibility and that you don't get into this screenwashing corner that mm-hmm. you find the right messages yeah we for example did also an awareness campaign then uh, last spring and we have a like an fix ambassador is an, an influencer from Switzerland who is talking for us about this topic and so we try to figure out different activations to communicate these things. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like a lot of focus on the future really, right, in terms of sustainability, uh, the metaverse. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for you. Obviously, you have, would you say it was 28,000 square meters in Zurich right now? There's obviously, yeah. <laughs> there's, there, there's more square meters in the metaverse too, so you can expand <laughs> Uh, much more quickly than you probably could uh, on Bahnhofstrasse in Zurich. But I think it's yeah very interesting to see you lean into that, especially as you said, you you know the brand is 190 years old. It's an old Swiss business to be so so forward looking and trying to get into that space as a first mover. I think there's a lot of potential there, and as you said, to also capture you know Gen Z who are thinking a lot more about sustainability and the way that they make purchase decisions and also operating more in these digital spaces that to to secure your growth over the next 10 20 years that will be a key demographic to go after so yeah thank you for sharing how you're envisioning that can you maybe share a little bit about the specific you know you mentioned you did one kind of metaverse activation already and you're planning a second can you share a few things that you learned maybe or like what was the activation and then what would you do differently or what would you do again with the next one? Yeah, the one I mentioned with it with the Swiss Textile Institute, it, it was a project with students and they always have an annual project that comes with a overall topic. It was called the power of craft and it was about old Swiss materials like hemp and stuff like that. And then the students have to design something to that topic. And then there were like 80 pieces and we displayed them here at Yilmoli. And then there was a voting in March where people could vote, which is like their favorite piece. And like the 10 best pieces, they really went into production afterwards and have been sold here at Yilmoli then in June. And right at that point of time, the metaverse topic came up and became bigger and bigger. And we had then this idea together with uh, Seam, why not designing these 10 pieces, these 10 winning pieces now also as NFTs 
for the metaverse and sell them in the metaverse. I think it was a good starting project because it was not too big. We were able to handle it, though it was much more work, we, we thought in the beginning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, programming these NFTs and then also that the quality of the NFTs was good enough to display them in the metaverse and also at the avatars. It was much more difficult than we thought in the beginning. This was all the part the, the Swiss Textile Institute did, not, not mm-hmm. we at Poly. And yeah, there were like some things you don't think about in the beginning, or of course, and also the whole payment system. We needed to have a wallet then that we can accept the crypto currencies and everything. And also the, the POS, uh, how do you plan the point of sale here now? Uh, then in the store mm-hmm. with the Oculus glasses that... The topic is clear up from the beginning, but still you have this like physical pieces, like these 10 winning pieces. And yeah, so I think we had a lot of, it was a very interesting time. We worked very closely together, like these three companies, uh, Yelmoli, Estef and and Theme. And yeah, then we did a nice launch event in June and we we had also a lot of guests and press and uh, also other companies here. Um, but yeah, the was a very interesting phase. And I think what is also very special about the metaverse topic, I mean, right now, nobody knows exactly what will come and uh, you just have to try it out and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, take your learnings. And uh, yeah, I love that. I think, you know, the metaverse often can seem like a purely digital thing that is intangible and that is connecting people very far away but it sounds also like your activation was very much focused on community and kind of engaging the community within Zurich within Switzerland focusing on craft in Switzerland and also bringing in local schools uh, local other brands so I think that's a very nice blending of the two and I can appreciate there were probably a lot of you know logistics like you said that were maybe unexpected in terms of pos payments all of the things that are already difficult in retail uh being compounded by the addition of a digital layer so i'm sure there's there's plenty of things that you will have taken for your next activation you know part of the way that we we like to finish up on the podcast here is looking towards what you have for advice for marketers now and also what you see as the future. Uh, it sounds like based on some of those topics, obviously the metaverse is a part of that discussion, but I'd love to hear kind of what are the top three pieces of advice that you would have for other consumer marketers today? Yeah, I think one point is definitely, as already mentioned before, don't miss the whole Shen C uh, needs and desires, like get in touch with them because these are the clients maybe already from today or then at least from tomorrow. Of course, you also need to communicate with like your whole loyalty customers and everything. But I think this interaction with younger generations is uh, very important and also very interesting. And then me personally, what I really also like to do and helps me a lot, if we have events, I also go to these events and I talk to our clients or sometimes if we have intense sale periods, also now in Christmas time, they always ask if you can also help in sales, like in store. And I always do that because, yeah, it's, I mean, we're sitting here in our marketing offices uh, thinking about the clients we think or, yeah, we see in the database. But yeah, they're right next to us. I mean, we have the, the offices right next to the department store here. And so I really try to use also these occasions to get in touch with the clients, talk to them and uh, yeah, get like a, a straight feedback. Of course, it's like not the, the whole 
big data then, but yeah, you get impressions and I think they're very, very precious. And then of course the, the data, the whole theorem topic is very important and you need to like collect as much data as you can. And then, yeah, you can get better and better when it comes to personalized communication and also generating more sales, of course. I think this is also the interesting mix then between the different channels and the sources. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I think the obviously focusing on the the younger generations without forgetting your royals here, probably for now. I think you also at Yelmuni, that's being close to the customer is something that not all e-commerce brands have, right? Your ability, like you said, to actually walk into your store and talk directly to customers is such a valuable asset that it's easy sometimes to focus exclusively on the data and forget that sometimes the most valuable insights come from just talking directly to people. Uh, so I think that's also a great point. But also to, to looking forward to focus on the data as well. Uh, I think the metaverse, I spoke with someone on the podcast probably a few months ago now that was talking about how every five seconds in the metaverse generates like millions of data points from the experience. And so how marketers are going to be able to activate that in the future is still a problem that no one has fully solved, uh, but that will be a very exciting one in the future. Ending on that point, you know, five years from now, what do you think the future of consumer marketing will look like? Yeah, I think the channels maybe change or like the importance of the channels. I mean, we saw it with Facebook. It's almost dead. And I mean, we're still using it. And for some target groups, of course, still important. But I think the channels, they will, of course, change. But I think the needs from human beings, they won't change. Maybe the stuff like, as I mentioned, the sustainability topic, I think the customers, the young customers, for them, it's much more important um, than for older generations. Uh, so maybe the, the way how you communicate and on which channels. But I think the mix and that you still also need to have uh, life marketing, emotional experiences together with your clients. Um, I think that makes a very strong bonding with the brand. Yeah, I think in this, like in the way or of the activations, I think they won't change that much. I think more in the channels and in the way how you communicate. Yeah. Norms, I guess, change. Our awareness changes. Channels change. But we're still humans at the end of the day. And uh, there's a specific way that you can connect with humans. And like you said, a lot of that comes down to messaging and the way that you choose to interact. So I think, yeah, that's a great point to end on. Cecilia, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak to us. I think it was really interesting to hear your unique perspective coming from such an established old school, not traditional, but just with so much history behind it, like Yelmoni, um, but that's also clearly very forward looking. If people want to follow your journey and hear more about what you're doing, where should they go? Yelmoli, I mean, the, you, you find all the details on yelmoli.ch and mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram. It's also Yelmoli, yeah, also on LinkedIn. I think the best is if you go on the website yelmoli.ch mm -hmm. and then you find all the details and also all the specific links for the social media channels. Great. Well, yeah, thank you so much for every, all our listeners. Obviously, if this is your first time listening to an episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or go to LinkedIn and check out Spectrum to hear more about what we do. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Cecile. Thank you so much. And to all our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did and uh, have a great rest of your day. Bye.